Welcome to 30 Minutes with Nettie. My name is Nareda Fernandez. I go by Nettie and I am your host. The mission of 30 Minutes with Nettie is to provide a platform to discuss and share personal stories to enhance our understanding and personal growth. The idea is simple. The more we share, the more we can learn from one another. Hello, welcome to week 34 of 2017. Thank you for tuning in. I have a solo episode prepared for you today. Like I said in the two previous episodes, and by now many of you have seen on social media, I'm having the first 30 Minutes with Nettie event this Saturday the 26th at Greentown Tavern at 5 p.m. For more information, you can check out my social media at Nettie's Podcast or check out my website www.nereidafernandez.com. The event is to celebrate ideas and our community. All of the guest speakers and listeners of 30 Minutes with Nettie are invited. If you've listened to one or all, or if this is your first episode, you are invited. The idea behind the event is to allow this community that 30 Minutes with Nettie is building to meet, chat, connect, and celebrate. A special shout out to Glam Cakes Bake Shop and Black Label Photography for collaborating with 30 Minutes with Nettie. I'm super excited to meet and hang out in person, so I hope to see all of you there. If you have any other questions, you can email me at nettiespodcast at gmail. I have said this before, without you, there would be no 30 Minutes with Nettie podcast. You are super important to me, and I am grateful that you listen to the podcast. Let's jump into today's episode with me, myself, and I. I have news to share with you. I quit my corporate nine to five job and jumped into the freelance world, which means now I'm working 24 seven from sunrise to sundown, but with a purpose. I go to sleep later, I wake up earlier, but without feeling tired or resentful like I felt before. Now this wasn't an easy decision. I did have my fears and I did not do this spontaneously. I made a one year plan prior to giving my two weeks. For today, I wanna share more about the different jobs I held and what each one taught me and what made me take this route. I started working since I was 16 while I was a sophomore in high school. My first part-time job was at a swim shop in a neighboring city. I did not work there for long, but the little time that I did, I learned something that definitely opened my eyes to the negative stereotypes about the city I grew up in. Growing up in school, I naturally exceeded in my classes. I had good friends, I participated in different sports, I played softball through the district. In middle school, I gave soccer and basketball a try, but I sucked. So freshman year, I joined the tennis team and I loved it. By sophomore year, I was in the varsity team, so that kept me pretty busy besides my studies. I would join any extracurricular activity. I was an extra for the footloose play. I even joined the philosophy class one semester. I signed up to pretty much anything and everything that I could fit in my schedule after tennis season was over. I was naive to the negative stereotypes, living in my own bubble that didn't allow me to live or see them. So I wasn't aware of them until I started getting older and working with older people or people outside of Waukegan. I remember when I started working at the swim shop. I worked with this older woman. She had to be in her 60s. She decided to share with me how she would never go to a pretty known shopping plaza on Lewis in Waukegan because people robbed there and they snatched purses and it was an extremely dangerous area. I was 16, it was my first job. All I said was, I walked there, my grandma walks there all the time and we've never experienced anything like that and just walked away. 
But the way she described it made me feel some type of way towards her. Like, dang, people are really scared like that? I was not aware that it was that bad. Then the second experience that really made me not want to work there was a time a black man walked into the store. She told me to follow him because, quote, you know how they are. I cannot believe what I heard, and I replied with, I don't know, how are they? Thinking she would take back her comment. But no, instead, she replied with, they like to steal. I honestly don't remember what my reaction, but I know it wasn't a good reaction. I can't forget those two experiences for my first job. I don't think she was very fond of me after I didn't agree or egged her on with the ignorant comments. I learned how to use a register, customer service, inventory, packing orders, stereotypes, and a little bit of racism for my first job. I didn't last there too long. One Saturday, I forgot I had to retake my ACT. I woke up late for that, so I panicked. I went straight there, and I forgot that I also had to work, so I called in a few hours after my shift started, and I was fired for that. My second job taught me a valuable lesson in life. I worked at a bank inside a grocery store. So there I continued to sharpen my customer service skills. As a teller, I learned how to handle cash, process transactions, and balance the books at the end of my shift. From that job, I learned that I was good with people. Every now and then, the manager would send me out to the floor to talk to customers and get them to open accounts with us. I'm not sure if they still do that, but I know I'd be so annoyed if a bank tried to sell me anything while I was grocery shopping. Surprisingly though, I would get people from the floor to follow me and open accounts with me. I don't remember how long I worked there, but I was still in high school at the time, so I would go to work after school. I was never interested in working there as a career, but I didn't hate it. I was living at home, still in high school. I didn't have any expenses, so it was a nice job to have at that time. Besides the good times and all the great skills I learned from that job, I learned something valuable. To not trust that other people have good intentions for you. When I worked there, there was a promotion for new customers. You would get a voucher of points, and the more points you would get, you would go online and order a gift. One of my assistant managers asked me if I could do a favor because her uncle didn't have a computer, and neither did she, but her uncle had collected a few of those vouchers and wanted to redeem his gift. So she asked if I can redeem them, and as a reward for helping her, and for every account I would open, she would give me some vouchers to pick a gift as well. It never crossed my mind to question her, and now, as I'm sharing it out loud, I think, really, Nettie? There were red flags everywhere. But at the time, I was so excited, I thought, heck yeah, I can help her. And I asked her for her address to ship her brand new iPod. And this should have been the ultimate red flag, but again, I didn't think anything malicious. And she was always so nice, and we got along. She asked to just send it to my house, and I could give it to her at work. Well, needless to say, her boss met with both of us, and I was so embarrassed because we were being accused of stealing the vouchers. And she said she never asked me to order anything for her. I remember I had a flight the next day, so I just offered to pay for the iPod I kept and quit on the spot. I was angry that they believed her. And honestly, I just felt stupid and embarrassed about the whole situation. I was one of their top sellers, and I went from being celebrated to being accused of lying. So my first two jobs I ever had are definitely not my proud moments, but I learned valuable lessons in both jobs. By now, I was graduating high school. I was taking a summer vacation, so I didn't get another job until August of the same year I graduated. I've shared this before. My plan was to go to CLC for two years and transfer out to complete my degree in education. 
I was offered a job working as a secretary for an elementary school in Waukegan, so I thought I had it made. I thought I could attend college and work at a school, so by the time I graduated, I would have a foot into the real world and find a teaching job right away. I worked as a secretary for this elementary school for four years. This was my first full-time real job, and I loved working there, and I learned so much. I worked directly with the students, parents, teachers, and administrators. I did the secretarial functions. You know, I would answer the phones. I would take, I would provide the administration by conducting calendars, meeting coordination, travel arrangements, scheduling for staff meetings, mail processing, and I took care of the attendance. That's what I was getting paid to do. But there were days when Eddie became the nurse, a community helper, a one-on-one mentor for a student. I'd help with student meltdowns. I became a translator. I had to learn how to communicate with parents, sometimes even became a counselor or someone who would listen to the problems of the parents. I loved that job. Every day was a different day, and it would cross my mind to journal every experience to someday write a book about it because there were so many good and bad stories that you wouldn't believe unless you experience it. My favorite thing about the job were the kids. I loved all my babies. I would memorize most of all 600 students And all of the quote-unquote misbehaved students were my favorite because they would be sent to the office where I worked and I'd get a chance to talk to them and I'd find out the root problem. Then I would meet their parents and most of the times I saw the cycle. I started wanting to help the families out, which is why I decided that being a teacher wasn't for me. I would connect with the families and I would listen to the different challenges they faced. Once I met some of the parents and the stories of these children, I realized that if I were to become a teacher, my sole responsibility would be to teach them how to read, to teach them math, social studies, science. And since I would help the social worker every now and then with translating to to Spanish-speaking parents, it planted the seed inside that I could do what she does. And since I dealt with parents, I started getting interested in helping families instead of becoming a teacher. So I changed my major to social worker. So what went wrong? The first year was all love all around. The second year, I found myself very engaged in motivating the students. By the third year, I found myself motivating the students and parents. And by the fourth year, I felt like I would have to motivate the teachers as well when they walked in the morning. I was exposed to the politics behind the system. I had a real life view from the inside of our failing public school system. And I started to hate what I was going to school for. I worked there from 18 to 21, so I was very young. And I feel like I owe a lot of my skills to this job. It was the foundation for any job. From the basic skills to personal development, communication, and was introduced to many families who face very different challenges. It was like an intro to education, social work, counselor, and community leader all in one. In my personal life, I moved out when I was 20 or 21. So I had my own new responsibilities in life and new expenses. So while I worked full-time at this elementary school, I'd attend college at night, I had to have part-time jobs to make ends meet. I had various jobs, like I worked at Blockbuster for a few months and then Office Max as well. As you can imagine, I started to burn out. I had to get the part-time jobs because I was not making enough money at my full-time job. And when you're not paid an appropriate wage for all the work you do, you start feeling resentful towards your employer. And that's what happened to me. I just knew I had to get out if I wanted to jump into a higher paying bracket. And by this time, I knew I didn't want to become a teacher nor a social worker, but I was already years into the career in school 
and I was paying everything out of pocket, so I felt I had no choice but to finish the degree because I was not struggling out in the world for me to throw it all away. And I had to make my mama proud and graduate college. So by now, you should be able to tell that I didn't have the traditional college experience. I worked full-time and went to college part-time at night. It took me four years to complete my first 60 hours and receive my associate. I was offered a job that would start paying me twice as much as I was making at the school after working there for four years in a total different atmosphere. Corporate America. I was struggling to make ends meet at the elementary school. I wasn't enjoying working there anymore. I did not want to hate what I was going to school for, so I knew I had to get out and take advantage of this opportunity. I gave my two weeks at the end of the school year of 2010. So I started my new job for a business company in Vernon Hills. It was the easiest job ever. My title was an international customer support person, and all I had to do was answer customer emails from a desk. At first, I was like, man, why did it take me this long to get a job like this? I was in my own little cubicle, was not micromanaged, and one of my best friends worked with me, so I loved it for the first six to seven months. Soon enough, I missed my babies from the elementary school. I missed interacting with all the teachers, parents, staff members. And by this time, I had started my social work program at Northeastern University. I was not happy with the field I chose. I was not happy at work. I was still struggling financially, trying to make ends meet, even with this better paying job. I was living on my own, but my family back at home was going through heavy problems. So that's the first of many breakdowns I had as an adult. I worked there for a year. I took a peek into the business corporate world. And once again, I sharpened my communication and professional skills. I gave my two weeks December of 2011. I still remember that week I had a mental breakdown in December when I stopped and asked myself, what the hell do you want to do? If you go back to episode one, I shared about the two books I read that week and how I decided to take control over my life going forward. I set out to write my first book in 2012. Behind the scenes, I was bartending to bring in money. And I learned so much from bartending. Multitasking was the main skill. I learned how to handle a group of people wanting to get your attention at the same time. I learned how to take multiple drink orders from multiple people at the same time. I learned how to read lips. I was handling cash once again. I learned how to deal with drunk customers. That was a fun job too. I sometimes think about doing that again for some extra cash. That was a behind the scenes on my career side, I was writing a book from start to finish. I not only wrote it, but I designed the cover. I researched how to publish it. I was behind the marketing and sales and released it June 2012. August of the same year, I started my new program at Northeastern in the communications and media program. So 2013, besides bartending, I took a year off from my traditional day job and completed my bachelor's that year in December of 2013. My plan was for 2014 to kick off with the travel and then find myself a real job once I was back from my trip. Well, my bartending hours were cut short, so I was struggling to financially pay my bills, let alone book a Europe trip. So here goes my second adult breakdown. My mind started playing games once again, and I was questioning everything. I quit my corporate job to finish my degree to, quote, find a better paying job. I had never struggled to get a job since I was 16. I was working from job to job right away. And there I was with my degree and no job leads. I was so desperate that I took a job as a dental assistant for minimum wage with a family office, even though I had zero experience in that field. It was a husband and wife who owned it and were the dentists. They were desperate as well for an assistant. So we both were in need of something, them of an employee and me of a job. So they agreed to take me knowing I had no experience or certified in that field. 
And holy smokes, I'm not sure if they thought it was my first rodeo, but I had never worked with such difficult people. And I'm a people's person, so for me to say that, it was quite the experience. And they would teach me once and expected me to know it for the next time. I take pride in the fact that I'm a quick learner, but they wanted me to learn new medical terms, new utensils, new tools, surgical procedure steps the first time, and just made it very known that they were not happy. The most vivid thing I remember was a text I received while I was off one night. I had left a pen facing the wrong direction, not the way they showed me. And she texted me and took a picture of it to tell me, this needs to be, the pen needs to be this way, not the way you left it. I was slowly dying inside. Due to my work ethics, I couldn't just walk away, but there were plenty times when I wanted to. My pride was hurting too. I was getting paid minimum wage with my new degree hanging on my wall. I finally gave my two weeks. I didn't last much there because they told me they'd paid me minimum wage while they trained me and then offer me more, but they could never tell me what that number was. So I think I was there for a month and then I quit. In 2014, I finally landed a good paying job in finance. Your typical corporate job, sitting in a cubicle with a computer. I was promoted six months in. I was able to financially get back on my feet, get my own place, buy a new car. It was time for me to get back into my own business. That was always the goal, to find a good paying job, to fund my business until I can quit the day job and work for myself. I wanted to continue writing and get back to my creative field and building my portfolio. I learned a lot in the three years I worked there. Professionally, I reached all of my corporate goals and learned how to effectively communicate with people from all over the U.S., including Puerto Rico. I was in charge of loans. I had to make sure that delinquencies stayed at a normal rate. I was the primary contact between two corporations. I talked to salesmen and customers all day. They weren't easy conversations, though. Sometimes I had to explain to people how loans worked, or I had to teach them the importance of paying their bills. Some customers would get offended that I called them to remind them that they have a past due. I would get cussed out at times for trying to collect money they borrowed. I learned so much about loans and credit issues. I was in a desk eight hours of my day on the phone. Some days while I was on the phone, I would plan out finance management workshops that I would one day give. Other days, I would doodle my business cards, create my brand logo, write possible topics for the podcast. A year into my job, I knew I didn't want to do this for the rest of my life, but I needed to make a plan. On my second year anniversary, I clearly remember the date, June 30th, 2016. It was month end. And if you work in finance, you know what month end means. It's chaos. It's stressful. One of my managers cannot control his temper under stress and yelled at me from across the room. I followed him into a conference room to not have the conversation in front of others, but he pretty much exploded on me. He yelled at me and said whenever he called me, I was supposed to stop what I was doing to answer him. Mind you, I was on the phone on two lines with customers getting payments, which is the reason his call never even came through to my phone. Now I got to give you guys some facts really quick. I took over the portfolio that was a mess. 11% delinquency. I brought it down to like 5%. No one wanted to work with those salesmen from that, from that certain area. I was better to plan in every goal. I came in there and just killed it. I saved them $48,000 in losses in one year better than the budget they gave me for the year. But since he flipped out that day, he yelled and asked me if I knew how to do my job. Otherwise, he could find someone else to do it. I can't recreate the voice because I don't want to scream, but he was literally yelling in my face. I bit my tongue 
left for the day, and knew that that was a push I needed inside of me. I had never been treated like that at a job. What I really wanted to say was, F you, F this whole place. I'm so unhappy, but I'm over exceeding on anything you request. But I couldn't quit my job just like that. I needed a plan. I went in the next day. His boss apologized to me. He must have gotten in trouble because he could not look at me the rest of the week. And they made him apologize to me. It was too late for me. I was already clocked out out of the job. When I started feeling that dreadful feeling of being there, I started seeking co-workers who had worked there for years. And I kid you not, everyone hated their job. I started questioning, is this life? Is this it? I was getting paid very well due to my job performance and monthly results. But was that going to keep me at a place that was sucking the life away from me? I remember every morning I would wake up and convince myself to go to work. Most days I had prep talks to myself before going into work, how I wasn't going to let anyone affect my attitude that day. But it was hard. Physical changes happened too. I started having no motivation to run, to stay active. I gained weight. I started feeling like I needed to drink right after work. So that didn't help either. Depression was peaking its head once more. The creation of the podcast definitely helped me get my creative side rolling and helped me stay sane for the last couple of months of my plan. I will not lie and say it was easy breezy to give my two weeks, to say goodbye to a set income, to say bye to my comfort web I was caught in, but what was easy was saying bye to a mediocre life. I was not living the last year working there. Anyone who I talked to outside of work knew how unhappy I was at this job. And a lot of the advice I would get is, don't quit before you get another job. Get another job. Make sure that you have something lined up. I remember I was so scared to give my two weeks to my manager because just a few days prior, he had given me an evaluation and we had gone over my goals for the upcoming year. I was doing so great with my goals. I was bringing in extra cash every month for reaching my goals. I thought that they really cared about me because I was able to get along with a lot of difficult people that other people couldn't handle. I even thought, like, what if they offer me, you know, more money? Or what if they don't want me to leave and offer something? Would I, will I stay then after I was convinced that I needed to quit? I knew it would come as a surprise. And the first thing my manager said when I gave him my letter was, you know you got away with a lot here, right? That was all I needed to hear for me to realize I had made one of the best decisions of my life. What message do I want to leave you today? Everyone's story is different. Not everyone hates their job. Nor will it be a successful economic structure if everyone quits their job. That's not the message I'm trying to convey. I'm currently working from sunrise to sunset and have never felt so inspired with the desire to continue growing as a person and building my career as a media producer and consultant. All of my jobs shaped me into the professional that I am today. The message I do want to give, though, is that if you are waking up every day and hating your life, do something about it. Make a change. Sometimes we live with the fear that there's nothing out there when there's so much more. Talk to someone. Don't close your world thinking that that's the only way of living. It is interesting when I tell people that I quit because the first thing they ask is, well, what are you going to do now? Do you have another job? One of my closest friends always jokes with me and says things like, I wish I could have no worries and not work like you. When in fact, I'm constantly working. 
I work 24-7, but it seems so taboo to not have a regular 8 to 5. Since then, I jumped into the freelance world, and I have no plans looking back. I have been working with a few local artists on future projects. I will share that the yearly plan I had to quit was only a savings plan. To be able to quit and be financially okay, I did not have a backup job or even backup plan saying, I will give one year service to Shine and team up with other like-minded people and freelance my work. But slowly but surely, I am teaming up to work with the right people, and my quality of life has improved. I teamed up with an awesome individual as a project coordinator to start out, but we both have been sharing ideas and both have the same interest in bringing something great to the community, and I know that we're going to bring this to life. I also teamed up with Jermaine from episode 34, and I will be giving one year of service to work with Shine, the educational leadership program, to make sure every senior leaves with a post-high school plan. I will continue to work on making better episodes with content that you will enjoy and work on book number two. Which reminds me, if you listen to the podcast but have not read My Sweet Vida, the book I wrote back in 2012, email me to get your copy today. It's only $10, but if I have to ship it out, it's $15 to include the shipping cost. I will have limited copies this Saturday at the 30 Minutes with Nettie event as well, so that's another reason you could stop by if you're interested. What I am doing now is everything I wish for. I am working with people from my community. I will be working with high school students soon. I'm creating... I'm connecting with like-minded people, and my projects just keep getting bigger. Another message I want to say on this episode, because right now if you go on Facebook, if you turn on the news, there's a lot of hate being highlighted or pushed in our face. I do not get political in these episodes because I want this time to be a break from your everyday task, a break from the stress and worry you may have. There are other podcasts or journalists who do an amazing job in talking about politics. That ain't me. One thing I do notice that stands out is how quick people are to point out problems and even quicker to point out solutions. And it brings me back to my community. If you're from the area, you know all the negative stereotypes and challenges we face in our community. Even if you're not from this community, think about your own. Stop saying what Waukegan needs and start being what Waukegan needs. Stop saying what this country needs and start being what this country needs. Stop pointing out all the problems and going behind a computer to share all your opinions about what others should be doing and start doing it yourself. We can all be mentors to students, even family members. Reach out to one of your friends who's a teacher and ask them, what does your classroom need? Is there a child who is missing school supplies? It doesn't have to include money. Maybe you can't help financially, but you have a day off during the week. Find out about programs that volunteer to go read one-on-one to students. The library is always looking for volunteers for their adult teaching classes. Start a committee who feel the same way as you and start taking actions towards a problem. I'm giving examples that have to do with education because I'm very passionate about education, but I challenge you to self-reflect what pulls at your heartstrings or whatever issue you are passionate about and take action towards a solution. Start at home, start in your own community. Thank you for tuning in today. Let me know what you guys think of today's episode. If you would like to join me in a discussion, email me at nettiespodcast at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram and Twitter under at nettiespodcast. Please continue helping me spread the word by sharing the podcast with your friends and family. Hope everyone is having a good week. I will talk to you guys soon. Peace.